This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. It is getting on to tax time. The RSP deadline is next week and there are mandatory RIF withdrawals. Altogether, a perfect time to get our act together and do some planning to try to lower that big tax bill that most of us face. We have lots of good information for you. I'd like to welcome Mark Halpern, CEO of WealthInsurance.com. Mark is a certified financial planner, trust and estate practitioner, and master financial advisor, philanthropy. Hi, Mark. Hi, Libby. Okay, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me back. It's great to be here. Okay. Before we start, let me give the numbers out again. And again, people, you know, usually people hang back a little, and then I can't end up taking their calls, so. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So let's start really basic. What's the difference between investing and planning? It's a great question. Most people I meet and most Canadians spend their working years accumulating assets and they focus on investing, investment returns, how much did this stock or this mutual fund make for myself? But what, what I've noticed is that people haven't done any planning. Planning is very different. Certainly as you get a little older, you know, 50, you know, you're getting closer to retirement, you know, you have a totally different philosophy, which is, you know, I need to preserve my money. And I also have to make sure that I've got maximizing my income during retirement. And I'm also more concerned about tax efficiency. So what we like our clients to do is really do some planning where you take all of their assets and first of all, make sure they get a big check mark that they're not going to run out of money at retirement. And it also helps us understand if there are going to be any taxes now and if they're going to buy a a retirement home or they're going to give money away to, to kids or to charities, you know, factor all of that in and then sort of take them out to life expectancy. You know, today it's like age 90 and sort of figure out what the taxes might be like then. And if they're going to have any, what I call never spend money, meaning they haven't spent all their money, but they might have a whole bunch of taxes, then there's a whole bunch of planning that we can help them with to sort of preserve their estate for their family. Okay. Well, you say age 90, I'm saying knock on Formica or whatever this <laughs> desk is is made of. Let's take a call from Robin in Mono, Ontario. Hi, Robin. Oh, hi. Good afternoon. Um, I'm calling to find out where do I go to obtain information on how much taxes will be taxed to my husband and myself once we do reach the golden age of 65 and we are getting our pensions. What are we paying out in taxes? That's a great question. So the CRA... Uh, has a website which would actually indicate based on marginal tax rates. You know, if you have income coming in and you're, let's say, earning twenty thousand or thirty thousand or above fifty, they'll, they'll basically have sort of those numbers for you. But you can save yourself a lot of trouble and just, you know, meet with a, a certified financial planner or somebody who does this type of planning. And basically, because it's not a cookie cutter, everybody's situation is very unique, as yours would be as well. But just to give you a very high level, um, you know, if anybody has any. Uh, uh, income, let's say 
from registered money, let's say they don't have a spouse to pass things along to, anything over $220,000 is taxed at around 54% in Ontario. And any gains in, let's say, investment real estate or investments in marketable securities or mutual funds that are non-registered, you'd have to pay about 27% of the gain to the CRA. And then, of course, if you have you know any properties, even your own home, and it's just in one spouse's name, you know, as opposed to joint name, then the government has a, a, an Ontario probate tax of 1.5% of the market value. So add it all up, and it can be a lot. You know? Wow. Yeah, so if you'd like, get in touch with us. You can go to our website, wealthinsurance.com, or send me an email, mark at wealthinsurance.com. I'll be very happy to send you some interesting tax letter articles that we've written that really do articulate all the information that you're looking for. Okay. Now, when you say financial advisor, are you a financial advisor? Yeah, I am a financial advisor and have been for almost 30 years. And it's interesting when when Libby was saying living till age 90, the way I got into my business actually was when I was 11 in 1974. And that's when my father, a blessed memory, died of a heart attack at the age of 50. So he, you know, he had plans for the future as well. But, you know, just suddenly he was taken from us. And it was very difficult for my mom, who was then 48 at the time, who sort of had to go back to work to support our family. And there wasn't any knowledge of where things were. There wasn't a will. There was no insurance. So my my advice to everybody listening is take care of all of these things while the sun is shining, right? There's a lot more that you can do and a lot more easy, very inexpensive ways to preserve all of that hard work that you've put into building up your assets along the way. Okay, great. Thank you for your help. I appreciate that. And I'll look you up online. Fantastic. Okay, Robin, thanks for that. Okay, again, the numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. So, Mark, what are the most common questions people ask when it comes to retirement planning? Uh, You know, it's interesting. I I kind of summarize it into three questions. Everyone has these three questions swimming around in their mind, but they maybe have a little bit more challenging time to articulate it. First question that people are thinking about is, when will I be in a situation where I can stop working if I want to? Right? It's kind of like that, you know, aspirational Freedom 55. When when can I be in a financial situation where I don't have to work anymore? That's one question people have. Second question they have is, if something were to happen to me, is my family going to be okay? So that is a second question. And the third is, is, you know, after 120 years of not being around, am I going to leave a mess or things organized you know, in a proper way for my family. I would suggest that each of those questions are really what we talk about when it comes to holistic financial planning. The first question is really a retirement question. Will I be okay financially? The second question is really, you know, a risk management. Am I going to, you know, give, leave enough for my family? And the third one is really an estate planning. Is everything organized? So I think it's really incumbent that people take the time to get these questions answered because if you do get them answered, you have tremendous peace of mind knowing that everything is in its right place now we're coming up to deadlines so should people do a tfsa or an rsp or maybe a little bit of both well look at it 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 really depends on the individual i kind of look at it you know when you go to a grocery store and it says you know 
there's a manager special on with a minimum four per person, right? The reason that the manager does that is because there's a bargain there, right? There's something good. So the same thing goes here in Canada. We have a couple of bargains that people should take advantage of. One of them is the RRSP. You know, basically it allows you to put away money every year and get a reduction on your taxes. So that's a great thing. And also the money that you now have put away grows tax free and and it now becomes something that you build up so that by the time you hit, you know, age seventy one when your RSP has to be converted into a RIF, now all of a sudden you have an income. So that's something that people should take advantage of even when they're older. And there are things called spousal RSPs where if just a way to sort of balance out your RSPs that are important. So that's one thing. The TFSA is also brilliant. You know, the government goes ahead and says, here, you can put away $6,000 a year into a tax-free spending account or saving account, and your money grows tax-free. You can access it tax-free and pass along tax-free as well. But one thing I like people to know, because we we really specialize in the area of tax-exempt insurance, is if you knew, Libby, that there was a TFSA that you could put in more than $6,000 a year to, would that be of interest? Mm, maybe. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Most people, the uh, the disadvantage of TFSAs is only $6,000. So we have a no-limit TFSA, either for people who have their own personal money or they have a business where you can put in money, it grows tax-free, you can access it tax-free and pass it along tax-effectively. And that's really using tax-exempt life insurance, which a lot of people don't understand how it works, so it's important. Okay, I am here with Mark Halpern of WealthInsurance.com. And I'm going to go right to the phones to answer some of these questions. We've got Jean in Mississauga. Hello, Jean. Hello there. Mark, I wanted to ask you, is a financial planner also an estate planner? It's a great question. Some people who call themselves financial planners are just people who invest money, right? Yeah. Estate planners are more, I would call, more holistic. They probably would look at things very comprehensively, like making sure you have, you know, a will and powers of attorney and that, you know, that you have an estate directory where things are located and sort of making sure that, you know, you've sort of put to bed all of the possible you know, risks that you can have if you're no longer around. So I, I think you can get both in a person. I know that, you know, our firm, wealthinsurance.com, that's what we do. We sort of look at things from a holistic point of view and, and we're happy to help or to help you find the right address for you. I know that you're out in Mississauga. We have, you know, advisors that we work with across the country. And if oh, you contact- that would be one. How would I be able to do that? Because, yeah. you know, Mark, I'm 84 now and I'm worried about everything and I want yeah. to start making sure that my children get what they deserve and what they need and whatever. So how would I go about finding an estate plan? Yeah, you can call us at 905-475-1313. That's our office number. And we'd be happy to get you somebody out in Mississauga where you are and just find out a bit more about your situation because, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not a cookie cutter. Each person is unique. We want to just make sure that we give you the right address to somebody who really is going to take care of the things that are important to you, Jean. Oh, okay. I will do that for sure. Well, thank you very much for that. Okay. Good luck with that. Thanks. Let's go to Steve in Brampton. Hi, Steve. Oh, hi. Hi, Libby. Hi, Mark. Hi, Steve. Uh, Mark, I've uh, I liked your show, and two or three times I've heard you mention a two hundred and fifty dollar two hundred and fifty thousand dollar threshold where the heavy tax kicks in. This has two twenty, I think I it is. Die today, all of my everything I have would be considered income in this year. That I know now. That was a bit of a shock. But you have mentioned two hundred and fifty thousand, and I'm wondering 
what the significance of that is. Yeah, I think the number is 220,000, Steve. You know, uh-huh. what it, it's a rounding error. 250, 220, it's still a lot, right? Yeah. But here, here in Ontario, if somebody is earning $220,000, that puts them into the highest tax bracket at 53.53%. So uh, I'm sure, you know, for most, everything most, over that. For everything oh, over I that. See. Okay, yeah. so there's not, it's not like there's an exemption below to. No. So what would happen, though, is if, if, again, that's on income, but when it comes to estate tax, you know, imagine somebody has a $500,000 RSP or RIF and they don't have a wife to, you know, transfer that over to on a tax-free basis. You know, so at that point and upon their death, it would be considered that they had a $500,000 income inclusion that year, and therefore they would have to pay that tax of 54%. So, you know, it, it, it's a big number. And the nice thing is, is there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do to either reduce that number or eliminate it through proper planning. So that's what we just, that's what this show is all about. Libby's all about fighting back. It's about giving people wisdom and knowledge so that they can make some good decisions for their families. Okay. So I understand that. Thanks very much. I am in that situation where I'm a widower and I'm in a reasonably comfortable position. And when I was shocked to learn that this would all be treated as income, if I suddenly died, I started having discussions with my financial planner, my accountant. I'm 69, by the way. Yep. So I said, maybe I should start pulling some of this money out of the RSPs now, even if I have to sacrifice some OAC, because you hit the claw back. And uh, it still might be smarter for me to pull some of that money out and put it into and somewhere that would be taxed less. Well, listen, we have some strategies as well where you could take some of that money out and make sure that none of that tax is going to impact you in terms of being able to give money to family members or even nicer to charity. We do a ton of work with charity. We uh, we just had a wonderful client named Daniela who just did something for uh, an organization involved in child and youth advocacy, and she did that also utilizing some of her money that was just sort of sitting around. So, you know, nobody has an, a, 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 an exclusive on good ideas. We'd be very happy to give you a second opinion or at least help you to supplement what you're doing with your financial planner as well. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Great. Okay. Let's go to Diane and Barry. Hi, Diane. Hi, how are you? Fine. How are you? Just fine. I have a question regarding a TFSA. Yes. If you have a TFSA and you've maxed it out each year, and you've made interest on those investments in your TFSA, if you want to draw out some of the interest, can you put any money back in the following year? Now, once you take the money out, that's it, right? Like you're in terms of that $6,000 inclusion, right? Right. So um, it would be... It would be advantageous for you. Again, this comes back to planning, uh, Diane, just to make sure that, you know, looking at what are your needs during the year? Like what's, I call it, what's your burn rate? How much money do you need on a net after tax basis every month to get by, right? And then looking at, you know, what monies you have coming in vis-a-vis either employment income or investment income or government benefits and sort of as a result, going ahead and planning accordingly so that all the pieces can sort of play in the sandbox together, right? Because you might not have to pull that money out of your TFSA. So that's where it really comes down to having a plan as opposed to just doing investing. And I do have a, a plan and I do draw out of my pensions and I have everything set up for the month. But I've got some expenditures right now. So I was going to draw out. I didn't know whether to draw out of my TFSA or draw out of my RSPs. Right. The TF, remember, if you take anything out of your RSP, that's going to be called 
income as if you made that money at a job. And that might just knock you into a different marginal tax rate, in which case you're going to have to pay more taxes. So definitely speak to your financial planner to make sure that you move the right shells in the right direction to make sure that you minimize that tax burden. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you, Diane. Thanks. Yeah, that's that's really important. TFSA, RSP, and <clears throat> you know, it's it's important I think to have both things in retirement so that you have one stream of income where you don't have to pay tax and another where you do balance it out. Yeah, I look at it kind of I always use the analogy of making bread. You know, bread, you have to have yeast in it. You've got to have flour. You've got to have oil. You've got to have water. A lot of things are made up to make bread. So the same thing goes with retirement. It's made up of many, many things. It's not just your RSP. It's your RSP, your TFSAs. It's putting money into non-registered accounts. It's using, you know, tax-exempt life insurance. We can be a very valuable tool to raise or to grow your money tax-free and pass along money tax-free to your family as well. So it's all part of that whole planning process that we keep coming back to. Okay. I want to get into some of that insurance, but I'm going to give the numbers again because we do have a few more minutes. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. I'm here with Mark Halpern of Wealth Insurance. We are talking about financial planning as opposed to investing, and tax season is here. So, uh, as I said, talk to the Minister of Long-Term Care earlier in the show. What is long-term care insurance, and how can you use it to protect your savings and, and you know, make yeah. sure you have enough. Great. Let's just talk about getting old in Canada. You know, it's we, we it, it, it's a real risk and it's a reality. And apparently the octogenarians is the fastest growing sort of market or segment in our population in terms of demographics. So look, it, it, it it's expensive to get sick, you know, and, and right now the cost can be anywhere between three and let's say $10,000 a month. Yep. So very wealthy people don't have to worry about that. They've got money. And very, very poor people don't really have to worry about it as well because there's always going to be sort of a way to get in on government you know, services. Of course, they're not going to be going to, uh, you know, the Waldorf Astoria, right? But it's really the people in the middle that do have to worry. The middle class have to really worry. And and how are you going to pay for this? And that's part of planning as well, because people may have grown up or grown their assets, but how will somebody pay for that? So most people will just pay for it organically through their assets that they currently have, or they'll use their the equity they've built up in their house and sort of do kind of like a reverse mortgage like a chip or one of these things, you know, and sort of, but um, there is another way and that's using long-term care insurance, which is really much bigger in the States and less, less well-known here in Canada. People have a fear that it's very expensive, you know, but there are ways to get plans that are much easier to underwrite or that have a longer waiting period. Let's say, imagine having a waiting period for this insurance that's a year or two years long, meaning you can manage on the stuff you have right now to pay your bills, but a really real long-term care situation, that would be too expensive. So therefore, there are these types of products that can get you that sort of you coverage. You mean, okay, so I get the insurance now, but I say I'm, uh, I can't use it for another 
what, five, ten years? Well, no, let's say you qualify. The way that you would qualify is you couldn't do two of six active daily living activities. These are things people don't like to talk about, but there are things like dressing, you know, bathing, eating, transferring, continence, or they've had some sort of, you know, uh, a a neurological issue like a dementia or an Alzheimer's or something. So you might qualify not being able to do two of six, but now the question is, is, you, you don't have the ability to turn on the long-term care money coming in yet. You might have a one or two year waiting period because you already have assets already assigned, but you couldn't manage for 30 years. So therefore, it's a real uh, a kind of a risk, a cost, a stop loss type risk uh, product that people, if they can qualify, it is something to be able to look at. And we have different uh, providers that do that. But again, it has to be looked upon in the more global holistic planning for individuals. But it's, it's, it's definitely, if you've ever had any experience with somebody who's needed home care or facility care, it's very expensive. It's extremely expensive. And you know, when, when people talk about retirement, they talk about all the fabulous trips they're going to take. And uh, nobody talks about what happens if they get sick or if they need long-term care. So so good, Libby, that you bring that. I say that there are three stages of retirement that people have to be aware of. There's the go-go, the slow-go, and then the (laughs) no-go. And you know what? We all want to be in that go-go way. But, you know, I have my my sister-in-law, her her father, who's, you know, I guess 70. He was just taking a walk last week and came out of his house and slipped on some ice. Oh, no. Terrible. And he had to have surgery. He has a cast up to his his hip. And he is now bedridden. And here's a guy who was on his way to business to, to work that day. And a whole bunch of plants. And suddenly, boom, incapacitated. You know, that's that can happen when somebody's 40. That can happen when somebody who's who's 80. But the point is, is that if you can look at what are the potential risks now and take care of them with small dollars, as opposed to leaving this big black hole that could, you know, really cause a, a lot of stress. And just the other thing I want to say, Libby, that type of insurance that we're talking about, let's say you have aging parents and now you're a kid, you're a kid who's in their, your forties or fifties, you might have an obligation in your retirement to take care of your parents. They say that we might take care of our parents longer than they took care of us. So it's really important that, you know, when it comes to planning, you should look at aging parents as well. Is there a risk to your retirement by not looking after mom and dad? It's uh, We've seen more and more Zoomers taking care of of Zoomers who are even older, you know, people in their 60s and 70s have parents in their 90s. Yeah, not unusual at all. Listen, I'm I'm an orphan. My father died at 50 and my mom died at 82. And we didn't have to put them into any sort of care along the way. But unfortunately, I've seen a lot of families really burdened by a lot of financial issues and just the time that they have to take off from work and from their families to look after it, especially if you're a single child and you're taking care of mom and dad by yourself. It's a tremendous burden. Okay, Uh, there's a lot for us to keep talking about in uh, future segments, but today we are out of time. Thank you so much, Mark Halpern from WealthInsurance.com. Thank you for having me, Libby. Look forward to speaking here again in a couple of weeks. Okay, see ya. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. 
Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.